0: And welcome back to another episode of Lost and Down. We got the OG Wednesday show going on here. It's free agency week. The NFL new league year has officially kicked off. I am Steve. He is Wally. Before I toss it over to the big man, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbees.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T A B E A S E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. Wally, it is. NCAA tournament eve technically we had to play in games last night we got a couple more tonight
1: pit panthers won
0: the pit panthers did win they were my money line i fell asleep uh got on a little bit of a roll Dude, last night
1: you're so lucky you fell asleep that was one of those games Stressful. you would have been it was i think up until about three minutes left there wasn't a gap bigger than three points for like 20 some odd minutes of gameplay.
0: That's what it felt like in the, in the first half before I did fall asleep. They, they were just back and forth. And I've had a lot of familiarity with Pitt just because of the Syracuse connection, uh, not only ACC, but the Big East DeJuan as well. Dewan Blair, DeJuan, the DeWan Blair, um, non-Syracuse, but Kemba Walker cooking up walk a flock of flame when he's playing basketball there. So I just, Pitt has always been that team that's caused problems for Syracuse, which isn't, at least back in those days, was was surprising. So they've always, even like the Jamie Kennedy days, which I think he's at TCU now, I like their head coach. They've always been giving, causing problems. And I don't know, based on their matchup, who do they end up having now?
1: Uh, That's a great question. You know, I probably should have had my bracket up since we're about to talk about that. Do you like this right here? This is a natural stall for you, Steven?
0: Yeah, no, I do like that. I like this a lot. For some reason, I'm, oh, it looks like they're going to be playing Iowa State. Here, oh that's uh, right On the Midwest Cyclones, bracket. I
1: have them winning that's why I don't think I've remembered that
0: I really like Iowa State around this time of the year Something about them
1: I just always feel like they're a team that hits 23's a game and I know that hasn't been the case In like 8 years But I'm still stuck in the idea that it's 2010 And they're shooting 35 3's a game They were electric yeah. They were kind of on that
0: front wave Of the new style game I will say watch out for Charleston I think it's college and Charleston technically, but they're just going by Charleston or if it's just Char- Charleston college. Regardless, watch out for them. Is Watch out for Furman as well. Those are two top like 25 offenses in all of D1 in basketball. I don't think they're that bad on defense either. I'm just saying, yeah, Furman going up against Virginia. You know that Virginia is a defensive team, but they don't really score a lot of points. I don't know what San Diego State's character is. That's your big upset? Is either Charleston and San Diego State, or Furman over uh, over Virginia in this one particular bracket, which we'll get to my final. We'll go right into it. We'll go into the final fours. I have Bama, Purdue, Indiana, and UConn on my final four here. But this I have Charleston and Furman linking up in the uh, technically the third round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still don't even acknowledge that. It's hard not to, though. It's in Dayton. And they got some games in Columbus this year. So it's going to be a, a packed weekend. It's a good weekend to be stuck in home. St. Paddy's Day tournament.
1: Well, Green Beer this time of year is always special. I had I went a little crazy though, because I had three 12 seeds or higher going in winning a game, which I feel like is more than it's kind of normal now. That's how far we've gotten where yeah. mid majors are so good. I feel like that, that's the
0: most dangerous matchup, like f- 125 for sure. Yeah, the 5'12 matchup has caused like the most upsets. I don't know how I don't know. How accurate that is now. I remember at one point, at least the last two or three years, that that was the most looked at upset because it's just the most likely for some reason.
1: Oh, it was something to the effect of like high 30s percentage of 12 seeds beat fives in the last like 10, 15 years. And even 13 and fours are kind of getting that way now. I know I picked Iona and I picked Kent State, and Kent State was probably a little bit of a homer take, but I don't know. I, Iona with uh, Patino. It's just a storyline oh, yeah, I want right. to root
0: for. Who do they have who do they have in the first round, Iona? Yukon. Yukon. See a lot of people are really big on Yukon. I filled out another bracket as well, but this was based off of there's a stat that the last like twenty or thirty tournament winners were at least like a top twenty-eight in offensive efficiency and a top forty defensive efficiency teams. And there's only seven of them in the tournament right now that hold that or are within that standard. So I just – I put a bracket where I wrote that. I'm like, okay, let's see how that works out. Um, it ended, well, what's um,
1: your final four again?
0: So this one's Purdue, Bama, Yukon, Indiana. Oh, I
1: forgot. You were saying before the show, you're one of those people that do multiple brackets each year.
0: I just, uh, I'm just doing the two. I'm usually a guy that would be psychotic back in the day, you know, before we had to be adults and had other things to worry about. I would, you know, I'd fill out probably like 10 or 15.
1: See, I can't do that. I'm married to mine. I do it once in five, 10 minutes and I'll allow myself an hour to change my mind. But otherwise I'm like, no, this is a marriage. I'm locked and loaded. It's the same one I'm rolling with. But, boy, well, so you, don't, are, yeah, you don't, don't even have
0: one fantasy football team. How are you going to make the argument that you're only going to fill one bracket out? You have to fill multiple. I'm okay with after getting a few underneath your belt, you write one on paper because that's what I missed back in the day. I don't know about you, but I used to get the newspaper, fill fill out the bracket from the newspaper that would come every single morning on your doorstep, sit there on Monday morning and fill it out. Do you ever used to do that or is that just me?
1: See, mine – would be from my father because my dad would actually print them out well that and he, as
0: well but yeah that's, that's the og og you get a pen no mistakes that one's legit but i'm cool with getting a few underneath your belt before you fill out one old school and be like this is the one
1: as long as there's a one i think we're on the same side then okay i just can't be the guy that you know, it's like the people that bet $5 at the casino and they're bragging about whoa, their bet.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, we, we are no, not we are. unit shaming on this podcast.
1: Oh, uh, You're not? No but unit that's shaming. fine. We can also agree that if you're betting $5 and you're with people, you're, you're with friends that you know are betting on the other side of you and they have significantly more money on the game, you shut your mouth.
0: Shout out to my man, Evan Desker. I know that we had to go through that experience. Uh, I mean, it was literally we just in, in my head.
1: That's yeah. why I brought it up, because <laughs> that is, you do not do that. It's it's wrong, but it's the same people that after five games are, oh, I'm still perfect. Well, yeah, you filled out 13 brackets. I hope one of them is still perfect. I, that just, I, I don't like that. I'm married to it, and if you agree to, like, this is mine, you have the props if you get it. But if you have 14, I can't do that.
0: Hey, law of averages, baby, you're going to get, you're going to have a perfect bracket. It's, it amazes me that no one's had a perfect bracket. Cause filling these out, I was like, I'm like a thousand percent sure one of these are going to be a perfect bracket. So <laughs> uh, I don't know why no one's done it before, but I can't wait for um, one of these two to eventually be perfect. Well, what was your final four? So my final four for the first one, I had Purdue, what Purdue, Bama, Yukon, Indiana, the one about the offensive deficient, uh, defense efficiency ratings, uh, I have Alabama, Purdue, Texas, and UConn. Okay. Wow, throwing uh, David's longhorns in there. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't want to uh, gas him up any more than he needs to be.
1: Well, my final four in my bracket,
0: my lone bracket, mind you
1: people at home, I'm emphasizing this to the world. I want God. people to – I'm breathing this into the the air right now.
0: Wally, the only reason that you have one bracket is because you only figured out how to use the ESPN app 10 years ago, and you're sticking with that, and you're too scared to use another app.
1: Well, I mean, I'm definitely using the ESPN app. That's without a doubt. (laughs)
0: I mean, I am too. I guess I can't hate on that.
1: They do a really good job for this. For like one specific thing, they do a good job with brackets. Agreed. But I went chalk heavy in Final Four. All my upsets are really happening in the first two days. But I have Alabama and Tennessee. That's my lone kind of long shot, four seed. And then I have Houston and Kansas on the other side. Your long just... shot's
0: a four seed? Shut the fuck up, Lonnie.
1: Well, for a final four, I mean, that's uh, of the final four. It's the only one. I didn't even have – yeah, because I had a three seed, a two seed, and a three and a six in my Elite Eight matchup. So I went chalk heavy on the second weekend and beyond. Okay.
0: I'm pretty I excited just, for was, tomorrow.
1: I'm kind of jealous. I'm going to miss a lot of it.
0: I know. For, for you uh, that don't know, my dog just had her second knee surgery here. So um, like I said last week, I lined it up perfectly uh, for for this exact reason right here. So I'll be stuck in all weekend having to watch college basketball, gamble on it, um, eat wings, you know, eat leftover food, I don't know, make some really good meals. It's a well, dirty job.
1: Someone has to do it.
0: Yeah, you know what? And I'll um I'll bite the bullet for us.
1: Might as well be you. Why not? Why, Why not, not us? Me. I'm him. You're him this weekend. That's I,
0: sure. I am him this weekend.
1: Well, Steven, today is a day that will live in infamy. Or I guess maybe not, I guess depending on where you're at, for Packer fans. Because Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback. Which means 2023 will be the first season that a starting quarterback in week one for the Green Bay Packers will go by the name, or I guess not go by the name, of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. How are you feeling? Before we get into the Jets' fallout, I just want to hear Packers fans, how are we doing?
0: Oh, man, this is This is rough. Please cue the music. It's on. You hear it's it now. On. It's a rough day. I know we talked about it a little bit last week. My sports fandom is taken a horrific blow between Jim Beheim retiring and now Aaron Rodgers officially, unofficially, officially out as a New York Jets quarterback. It's a bittersweet moment in my life. It's a moment I knew that would always be here, but I never wanted it to come. It's like Christmas morning, but then it's all gone so quick. For Aaron, Key LeBron'd lebron the Packers. Every Everybody. Everyone outside, of, you know, fans, organization, coaches, teammates. That's the one thing I took away. It's just to belittle one, two specific people in the front office. I get it. And as my friends and people that listen to the podcast, Wally, before we even started, Dylan, you're my number one resource on this, of just complaining how bad the Packers did Aaron Rodgers during his career. This makes sense. I completely understand it, Aaron. But don't drag us into it. We want the best for you. And yeah, you know what? You've been horrific these past three years. You've been in the media. I don't necessarily hate what he has done to in the media being able to speak it because now it's gonna kind it's kind of like in the music industry. A lot of people are coming out about being independent, going up against the industry because they're shining the light on kind of how dirty they are. Not saying that Green Bay Packers front office is dirty, but you're shining the light, seeing what it actually sees what it's like on the other side of the business that we call the National Football League. So there's a lot of blame being pointed at them. The Packers didn't want me. I went into this darkness retreat. I came out and then I was, you know, had people tell me that they want they want me traded. It seems like there was no communication at all. And it's rough. For right now, for that question, it's a tough day. Like he is he's been an asshole, but he's been our asshole. But now he's gonna be New York, which are typically assholes. So it just it merges in there perfectly right now i do wish him the best i don't know what it's gonna feel like because i wanted to say that about Devontae, but it didn't really come to fruition maybe this one will but there's just a lot of other things that i can complain about I'm, i'm sure that you'll ask a couple questions as well but it's a saddening day wally it is rough and now because i have to not because you believe and i'm sure yourself browns fans like david and all my friends now you latch on to that quarterback, and it's officially Jordan Love season, baby. You got two years to prove how bad Brian Gunacuse screwed up by taking you and causing this whole curmudgeon. And then we're going to get Arch Manning. <laughs> Wally, up to you.
1: So from a Packers angle, yeah, this is got to be something that's almost like a deja vu moment. Going back to how the Brett Favre tenure ended in Green Bay. Very similar. It's the same team. It comes 15 years and a week apart or whatever it was.
0: So he didn't get traded till August for the record. So
1: what was that that happened? Was it the request? I remember seeing that and I was
0: like, damn, I think it's when he came back. He's like, I want to get, I want to come back. And they're like, no, we're going to keep on with Aaron.
1: Okay. Regardless, it's. 15 years and basically days away from the realization that Brett Favre, your Hall of Fame to be quarterback, was going to start for another team. And Aaron Rodgers, it's the same thing now. That's hard. I can't tell you that I know what it feels like. I hope that I never do. But there's going to be a lot of fans out there, and I understand it too, saying you just went – and effectively there was only – what, a 15-year period before Brett Favre that it was Bart Starr before that? It might be closer to 20 years?
0: Yeah, I mean, what, Bart Starr was done, toward, it was 20-plus, 20 25. The 70s and 80s were brutal for Green Bay.
1: Okay, and that's fair. But you're going back to 50 years old before these fans are really feeling that pain. And we don't. we're really putting the cart in front of the horse. Because there's no reason to believe that this is going to be a damning thing for the franchise long-term. Let's just not forget that the Packers have won two Super Bowls with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. We've seen a lot of teams. Should be more. I mean, look what
0: happened. That's why. Look
1: at Baltimore. Baltimore has two Super Bowls in the last 25 years with Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer as their quarterbacks. So – I understand the Packers' frustration, too. And this is a unique a situation that you guys really haven't had the opportunity to go through, and that's try to win while a quarterback's on a rookie deal. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is going to be gone. I'm interested to ask you now. what. Well,
0: last time we had to do that, it was Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, exactly. But even then, it was, what, his third or fourth year? I guess Jordan Love's yeah. going into his third year, too.
0: Well, no, he's going into his fourth, right? Is this his yeah. fourth year? Yeah, because they, they just picked up his fifth year option.
1: Okay, so that means he's going into his fourth year. Geez, this is, that's kind of crazy.
0: AJ Dillon's going into his fourth, right? Same draft class.
1: Wow. All right, that's kind of uh, surreal to think about.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: But this is also a good opportunity for this year. No matter what, you can decide after his fifth year, then you have two years with love before you have to ultimately make a decision if he's the guy or not. But you're going to have a ton of cap space, albeit the free agent class isn't what it was yesterday, which or even the day
0: before. And that's the thing. And I don't know what Aaron's Aaron was pointing on the Pat McAfee show about how Green Bay is kind of stalling this dug their heels in to be able to get what was quoted a Matt Stafford type deal. Apparently, that's. Not true. I don't know. It's it's all point and point, and yeah, it's Aaron. But we're all we're hearing is one side of the story, and we're never going to hear the other side because they're so buttoned up in the front office in the NFL. That's just not how it's going to go down. We'll hear about it eventually when there's a when there's a Netflix documentary on this in like pro- probably like seven months. The way they pump out documentaries.
1: What are we looking at as Packer fans? What are we doing now? The rest of free agency. What are we targeting?
0: Well, there's. <laughs> There's also really nothing to be excited about in free agency. This isn't a team historically doesn't matter who's in the front office that goes out and spends in free agency. So right now, yeah, it opens up a lot of cap space. We'll see what the draft picks are looking like as well. But, and I said it the other day, I really like this Packer roster. It is fun. It is new territory for me and all of Packer fandom, especially the 30 year old, anywhere from 25 to 32 year old Packer fans like myself. This is all new territory, but I'm excited because the team is loaded with young talent and a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They weren't, a, they weren't a team built to win with Aaron Rodgers. They are a team built to win maybe you know anywhere from six to eight games the following year just because on paper, defensively, they're going to do well. Now, they didn't move on from Joe Barry, so take that with a few grains of salt. You know what I'm most excited for, Wally? My man is finally, the only Aaron I know, my man's finally going to get some touches this year.
1: Just over 3,000 yards away from setting the Packers' all-time rushing record.
0: Most underrated running back in the NFL. Mostly because it's self-inflicted gunshot wounds from the coaching staff of Green Bay. They don't utilize this man. Now you're going to have him and A.J. Dillon. Matt LaFleur came in. Got the job because of how great he did in the running game. Not only for the Rams to the Super Bowl on the on their run to the Super Bowl loss, but as well as King Henry and, the, and Mike Vrabel in that Tennessee offense before he got hired. So running game is his specialty. That's why I was excited for the hire originally because it's like, cool, let's get a running game that's been non-existent for a decade outside of James Starks one time and leave Aaron to the passing game. So we'll see. There's, a, there's just so much young talent young receivers, young first round filled defense. They just need to get the defense right. And I think that this can be a competitive club. One of those teams that that it just has a really good record in one possession losses like Carolina from a couple of years ago.
1: But what, what would you say then, even if it's through the draft instead, it, what is the position that you guys are really now hung up on? Cause I know tight end was an obvious desire last year with Darren Waller rumors swirling by the minute and then you have like you mentioned a ton of homegrown talent on defense so like what's the first pick like what did you guys think of uh Zach Tom last year I love Zach Tom so the line is set so it's everything on offenses well we'll see
0: I know that I know that Bakhtiari was restructured I want to say for this year you got Bakhtiari Zach Tom is a stud I almost said Corey Lindsley. who's your boy I cannot Josh believe Myers. how quick can't believe how quick names pop out of your head when it's the off season. It's ridiculous, and you can just rattle them off when it's like week eight. Um, Josh Myers in there. He ha- he has been having some injuries. Yeah, Elton Jenkins, stud, coming off an ACL injury um, leading into this past year. So I know that he was trying to get his get his bearings there a little bit. But I like the offensive line. You got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You have Jordan Love. That's gonna have Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs coming into their second year. I think right now, at least on the offensive side of the ball, we need a veteran veteran wide receiver. I'm not asking for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not asking for an Odell Beckham. Get me, like, let's pull up this list right now.
1: Yeah, I was literally had it up just before looking through. Because first of all, I mentioned tight ends. There's guys out there, people, at least I'm going off here, Greg Rosenthal's top 100 free agents
0: throw it up on there throw it up on here while it's on uh, a
1: different screen so if you want me to pull it up on here i will too i do not know if i uh, trust you to do that odell beckham jr is listed nine here
0: adam thielen boom adam thielen would be a great i knew there was one right there that is somebody that i'd want on the team
1: you're not worried about his speed basically being completely gone i don't care
0: Yeah, it is going to be completely gone. But if Christian Watson, we got him for the speed. Romeo Dubs is pretty fast. But I want Adam Thielen in there to be the veteran leadership, how to get it done, especially in that conference where he's going to not only be known for, you know, he's going to be be able to recognize what they have in Minnesota. But now you're going to be adding to that veteran leadership, maybe that they weren't able to get as much last year with Randall Cobb or with lack of from Aaron Jones. Sammy Watkins, sure, but, like, why would you want to have him?
1: Darius Slayton, DJ Shark, not a lot of veteran names out there. That's the only problem with this free agent class. I wouldn't
0: mind. I would not mind a Darius Slayton addition. I really, I really like Darius Slay, uh, Slayton. Adam Thielen, I like a lot. Robert Tony would we'll see if we can bring him back.
1: What about the idea of? I know you just said you you want to sign and you don't necessarily want to trade. We brought up a guy's name a few days ago, Brandon Cooks. He doesn't want to be in Houston. I don't think he wants to be a part of another rebuild. Talk about a guy that feels perfect that can slide into a guy that can step into the slot role and have dubs and have Watson on the outside.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I like that a lot. I still know how much he'd be sold into Green Bay. Now it's an obvious upgrade from Houston. You can still be competitive just because you're in the NFC, but the NFC North is going to be surprisingly loaded where I'm already projecting Green Bay to end up last in that, in that division. Wow. You have Minnesota. We'll see what they have. You got Detroit that I think. I is think I would take you
1: before Minnesota. I know that we're not talking Super Bowl teams, but I think I would definitely take you before Minnesota right now.
0: We'll we'll see what the Dalvin Cook ends up if they do anything on the defensive side of the ball. The draft is going to be amazing. And we really haven't talked about digging our heels in. We haven't even dug our heels into the free agency market yet. So the last thing I want to say about the Aaron Rodgers um, thing. Is or the Aaron Rodgers story, I should say, is Brian Guttenkust. My status hasn't changed. This is a fireball offense three years running. You're on the clock, buddy. This is the guy that you, you picked to stir up all this shit. It is your time to shine. You better pray that this kid performs for you.
1: He's been on the hot seat, it seems like, not only for you, but for a lot of Packer fans. This is kind of a make-or-break year. Jordan Love has a lot of opportunity to save his job, save a lot of people's jobs. It's just a matter of if he can live up to these kind of newly high expectations. People were so low on him going into last preseason, and for whatever reason, the narrative has shifted, and I hope he lives up to it, but it's going to be a heavy ask given what Packer fan expectations are for the quarterback position now.
0: On paper, look at it. This is a this could be a loaded team. you have an all pro left tackle. yeah, sure it's been a rough couple of years nonetheless all pro left tackle. You have Aaron Jones as as a perennial should be a perennial pro bowler, but it's a it's a popularity contest. You have a young cupping off young and up and coming offensive line. you have a pro Bowl caliber player on each level of your defense. Kenny Clark, Devandre Campbell who won it last year. Then you have Jari Alexander on the outside. Eric Stotz coming back from injury, who had a great rookie year, who had it fallen short. I want to say an Achilles injury or just something wild that happened. I really like what this, again, it's all what Joe Barry is able to get out of this team. I'm expecting them to be a little bit rough. We go get a, this might be a Matt LaFleur's curtain call. If he doesn't get it right, keep him competitive, he might be gone.
1: Well, let's look at this from the other perspective just for a quick second, and we'll get on to other things. But the Jets now, this has been a very tumultuous kind of like pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Now he's kind of holding the team hostage. He's telling them, hey, here is a list of demands. It's a ransom note. Whoa, whoa, it's a wish
0: list. Yeah, we can call it
1: like whatever we want. It feels like a ransom note to the Jets. I need Randall Cobb. I need Alan Lazard. One of these tweets that keep kind of funneling out there and everybody's retweeting it is Aaron Rodgers was complaining about his weapons not being good enough in Green Bay to win a championship. And now that he seems one foot already in the New York Jets camp, he's asking for the same exact weapons. One thing you always say, and it sticks with me with Aaron Rodgers, is that he basically wants to play ball with his schoolyard friends, and that's it. Like, he's just out here to have fun. And that's not – I mean, it, we're not saying you, you have to be miserable, yep. Bill Belichickian, but you don't also kind of talk out of both sides of your mouth and complain about the weapons. That's, and then That's all he
0: does. That's all he does. Like, even going in, even watching if you – I know you weren't able to watch the Pat McAfee interview. I already tuned in. He starts with saying, first of all, this is not a decision. Then goes on to talk about the decision that he made on Friday. The point of that wasn't for him to talk about the decision he made because, quote, the decision was already made on Friday. So me telling you guys this, everyone I've left in the dark, that's why there's half a million people watching the Pat McAfee show right now. It was a decision. It
1: was shifting blame. We're used to seeing it. He shifts blame. Yes. Yes.
0: And all he does is talk about Green Bay doesn't want me, all this stuff. And here's so he Green Bay doesn't want you. You
1: played victim today.
0: So Green Bay didn't want you. That's why they wanted to make sure that you. they were held hostage. You got a fat contract. They made sure they got you Randall Cobb. They got you everything that they want. That You wanted longevity. You wanted job security. They gave you all that. And then he just said, they just don't want me anymore. I don't, again, that could be the case, but it's just so hard for me to take that in with just one person talking and not the other the other side
1: you'll that we'll eventually hear the other side because the packers aren't going to just take this lying down especially the way Rodgers has almost went on the personal attack this last year i don't believe that the packers are going to just kind of let this disappear and good for them for if it is true that they're dragging their feet to get the most out of it good for them because he's dragged his good feet just as long and
0: the last three off seasons, but,
1: the, but here's the, but yeah, this is the one that matters though, because he's going to be gone and you were going to have a ton of money. And instead of being able to use it in free agency, we don't know if we have the money, so we can't spend it. And you're watching your division. Rival. Same thing
0: for the jets as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and now he's making these ridiculous demands of the wide receivers. It's frustrating as hell, because again, you're watching the bears spend a record amount of money in free agency Get a lot better. And now the offseason, today was the official start of the new year.
0: The Bears also got both the wide receiver rumored to be traded to Green Bay mid year. Got them both Chase Claypool and DJ Moore. Sorry.
1: No, you're fine. They, Monday was the unofficial start of the new year with free agency really starting, the legal tampering period really starting. But today, is the official day, and it feels like the Packers are like one of these only teams now that didn't get the memo, and they're stuck two days behind everybody else. And now they're playing catch up on always. the off season.
0: As always,
1: very frustrating. I did uh, Jets fans, careful what you wish for. You had what I think was a very undercover wide receiver room. And now you're going to be kicking the tires on these guys like Elijah Moore. He's going to lose that slot receiver position. Allen Lazard. No, I think he, I not. think
0: he's going to be. I've seen, I've seen the Elijah Moore. His time is done in New York. I think he's going to be packaged in with Green Bay.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. And if that's the case, talk about Green Bay. All of a sudden, have a sneaky young, fun wide receiver room.
0: Wow! They finally. All they had to do was trade to get a first round, uh, first round wide receiver there. But that's enough about me. You guys should Let's trade get for a guy a- like Devontae. Let's flip it over because th- the irony in this is awesome. So Wally also had to experience a little bit of loss today to the other New York team here, the New York football Giants. We're in very
1: different mental head spaces.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm very well aware. I'm in denial. Uh, big name big name tight end Darren Waller shipped over to the New York Giants for a third-round pick, the 100th pick to be exact. Very, very late third. Now, this is a tight end that's missed 14 games over the past two seasons, 85 just under 1,100 yards, five touchdowns over the last two years. Let me just say this. I understand the sobriety story. But I don't want to take that away from him. But outside of those two productive years, the sub-1,200 years, this dude, this dude's career numbers are 1,200, 1,231 yards, 116 receptions for seven touchdowns. Yes, I get it. If he can stay on the field, I guess if he can stay sober, this dude can play. I think we're overhyping the value that we added Darren Waller to going into three years removed from a productive season. But I think the Raiders got a steal for grabbing a third-round pick for him.
1: I'm in the middle of that, because I know that David and a lot of other people are like, you got a third-round, which is effectively a fourth-rounder, mind you. It's pick 100. It's really a fourth-rounder. We just Because of all the uh, compensatory picks, it gets slid down. And another ironic thing, that 100th pick, was traded to the Giants from Kansas City for Kadarius Toney. So this is just a sick, twisted circle that the Raiders and Giants find themselves in. We're gross.
0: Don't mess this up.
1: There, I mean, there's nothing to mess up at this point, except the fact that the team, I want to believe they're going into a tank because that's the that's how you get better in sports like football. You have to be bad. You have to commit to being a bad football team. To get better. You can't do this half-ass retool every other year and then be like, oh, I don't know why we can't beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the time, especially with how good the AFC is, to tank and tank hard. Go and get (laughs) Caleb Williams next year. I told you guys, and I didn't mean this as a joke, I'd be calling to see what I can get for Devontae Adams right now.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't.
1: Not only him. I mean, Chandler Jones, the problem is that you'd almost have to guarantee take half of that salary on because he just didn't show up last year. But this is a a long way to get around the Darren Waller, who also didn't show up. Even when he was healthy-ish, there was a belief that the Raiders were frustrated because he wasn't playing when they thought he could be. So – there is just this natural friction that has occurred with Josh McDaniels and Darren Waller. And this was a foregone conclusion. It sounds like since the start, since the day Josh McDaniels was hired.
0: So bring it on. I mean, I think it's a great addition for the New York giants. I don't know what, how is he as a blocker?
1: He's okay.
0: Okay. Well, better than, you know, some of the blocks that they have up there in New York. So but it's going to be a nice weapon for, Danny Jones, I know they don't really air out the ball too much, but maybe that's why they got went and got Darren Waller. Somebody who can go 10, 15, 20, 25 yards up the middle. Boom. A little tight end pop.
1: It's important to remember, too, if he is healthy and he's 100% committed to this, the guy's young. There's a lot of reason to be really excited if you're a Giants fan. This is a low-risk, very high-reward move. You just spent all this money on Daniel Jones for – what is effectively a two-year deal, this is a, a tryout. This is a two-year tryout for him, and I think he's going to be good.
0: The Bucks are moving on from veteran guard Shaq Mason as they traded him to Houston for a seventh-rounder in exchange for a sixth-round pick. Following that, Jimmy Ward, longtime veteran for the San Francisco 49ers, follows D'Amico Ryans to Houston as well. But now Shaq Mason looking for his third team in three years. He was traded last offseason for a fifth-round pick, so Tampa Bay's not really getting that much that great of a return here. But, man, Tampa Bay seems to be cleaning house here post the Tom Brady era. But I like the Jimmy Ward veteran voice there in the locker room to kind of be the eyes and voice when D'Amico Ryans isn't there on that side of the ball. How do you like the moves that Houston is making to add some veteran veteran leadership to both sides of the ball?
1: I think the Texans are sneakily having a really good offseason. I think D'Amico Ryans was a very good hire that, frankly, they didn't deserve, given what they did to David Culley and what they did to Lovey Smith. Neither of those men were going to get more than one year, and that was very clear from the beginning. I'm really intrigued about what happens here with the number two pick. There's a belief out there that the Carolina Panthers would be open to moving down if they had a high level of confidence that they can get their quarterback and this way they can get a little bit of the value that they lost in that trade back. It's a game of chicken. And I hope that the Texans don't blink because when you try to work it out, why would the Panthers risk all this to go up and then pussyfoot around and possibly get the wrong guy? I would definitely as a Texans GM I would be holding out and say, pick who you want or trade the pick. We're comfortable with who we have at at going number two. And if that's the case, Houston has a really, really fun young offense too.
0: Yeah. well, Offense, I know they got some defensive pieces in there. They just have a a fun young roster. And I think that they're adding those veteran pieces to really kind of mold and bring that team in together. D'Amico Rines is that guy that you want to go to battle for. So maybe the Texans are going to surprise us next year. We'll see what other moves that they make. It's so early to see. Come on, Wally. It is just, It is just a couple days into the new year. That's you don't so want to true. New, me, new year,
1: right new now. me for them as well. It's just this is a great offensive line now, or at least a very good one. You have Laramie Tunsil, who I guess the biggest question mark is, will he be around? Because he wants to explore a trade too and it sounds like Houston is yep. at least entertaining that. If that's the case, you're going to get a haul.
0: I mean, he's arguably one of the best top 2 or 3 left tackles in the league. So, you know that someone outside of the quarterback, what, edge edge rusher, left tackles making a lot and of people money.
1: People are speculating that there's a chance that the Chiefs would be in the market, and if that's a case, the offensive line would be <laughs> ridiculous for them too. And it's like, what are we doing? What are we playing for? I like we just get yep. them the February uh, let me just play are, around. Are they
0: just Are they just gonna like trade around left tackles and make them play different positions and then just set them on their way? Yeah,
1: I mean, he tweeted after they did sign. I'm spacing on it right now, but they signed a tackle the other day for four years, something to.
0: It was Jawan, Jawan Taylor, Taylor. and Jags. I want to say it was
1: either four 80 eighty million, or four years, eighty four million. It was. And Larry Matuszko tweeted out he was he was kind of basically disgusted about it, but they, it doesn't rule them out. They just let Andrew Wiley go too. So they lost both sorting offensive tackles. I'd be calling it a second. We got sidetracked off Houston, but Kansas City, it would make a ton of sense.
0: Dallas made a trade I thought made a lot of sense, and they're making some moves here as they traded for veteran Colts, new Dallas Cowboy, cornerback Stephon Gilmore, almost said Stephon Diggs, because now he's getting paired with Stephon's brother, Travion Diggs there in that secondary. I like him a lot. They're, they also signed Le- Leighton Vander Esch here. Um, they're their linebacker, a homegrown guy for a two-year contract, too. Injury history early in his career. He's played 31 of 34 games going into there, and he's just a reliable guy. Now, this, paired with the Stefan Gilmore, paired with the Bobby Wagner contract or the Bobby Wagner rumors for them signing him, Dallas is already, ha- has already made more moves than they did last offseason. How do you like these additions, or I guess, yeah, the additions and the staying put for Layton Vander I'd
1: be hypocritical if I just said it was a home run because I criticized the Steelers for signing Patrick Peterson, and I find it a very similar move. Both guys are going to be 32 or 33 years old next year. And cornerback play, it when it falls off, it falls off fast, and it falls off sudden. So when you start getting hints of it, you start noticing little – Things. That's why I was worried even about Jalen Ramsey, who's in his late 20s. I'm worried because Patrick Peterson and Stephon Gilmore have both shown signs of slowing down. And that's the worst thing that can happen for Dallas to be on the hook. Luckily for them, it's not as giant of a cap hit, but they're going to be putting a lot of stock in him to believe that he is going to be at least one of the top two guys. I, I don't know. I, I I'm happy for Dan Quinn. That he's going to have a really fun defense to coach here. It was just a kind of man move for me, both on Leighton Vander Esch, who's also showing signs of not being in his prime anymore.
0: I think Stefan Gilmore at least has another year or two left in the tank, but I think it's more or less of relieving Stefan. God, every time Trig- I tell you what, Diggs. they
1: love Stefan Diggs too. They're still, they have no wide receivers after CeeDee Lamb. It's Michael Gallup and, and T.Y. Hilton and T.Y. Hilton might not even be back.
0: T.Y. Hilton's gonna be gone. Dalton Schultz is, oh, he's think, gone. is gonna get linked up with the Chargers, but he's definitely gone after playing on the franchise tag last year. I know Noah Brown is gone as well, who he kind of stepped into a nice role last year and, you know, catching some balls, surprising people early on. Fantasy, he was that guy. It was hard to get him as anytime touchdown score. But when it hit, it hit.
1: And he went back to Houston too, which is just a Again, a sick reminder that they had that interception against the Colts in Week 18 that went through the Colts players' hands to catch and then had to get a two-point conversion just to send it to overtime. Poor bastards in Houston.
0: Comes full circle. That's going to wrap us up on the NFL news. Let's get into the free agency that has happened since we had recorded here on Monday night. While we do that, we want you to know this. This week's NFL free agency news is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative your one-stop shop marketing agency, specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're Wally and eyes age where it feels like there's a college graduation, baby pictures, high school graduations, weddings, funerals, you name it, that are happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only place to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram, and Sapphire again, abbyturnerphoto.com. So let's get
1: into free agent signings now. I'm going to read through some. We'll break a few down, and then we'll wrap up and get our second half of the free agent signing and get out of here, Steven. So let's get going.
0: Let's do it, baby.
1: Defensive end Zach Allen signs a three-year deal, about $45 million with Denver. The Raiders can't decide if they want to suck forever or be good and sign Jacoby Myers for three (laughs) years, $33 million deal. Reignites, or reignites, reunites with Josh McDaniels and Chandler Jones after that infamous play this last year. Vikings sign veteran defensive end Marcus Davenport to a one-year deal, and they try to replace Patrick Peterson's production by bringing in Byron Murphy on a two-year deal. Seattle, out of nowhere, got coveted defensive tackle Draymond Jones when it sounded like Denver and Cleveland were the front runners. Signed a $51 million deal over three years. Jordan Poyer is back with the Bills. That is a massive retention from Buffalo. The Eagles, they have something to be excited about finally as they get James Bradbury to come back three years, $38 million, and get a highly touted guy to bolster that backfield Rashad Penny when he stays healthy, mind you. Speaking of running backs, though, Former Bear David Montgomery is staying in the NFC North but is going up to Motown on a three-year deal, which likely means the end of Jamal Williams' time in Detroit. We're all going to be sad about that guy was a character. And last of the first half here, Michael Thomas reworked his deal, was actually part of the recruiting effort to get Derek Carr in New Orleans. So now, if he stays healthy, New Orleans another very interesting wide receiver
0: room. I mean, I'll take it from the top here. I think Zach Allen, the, the Zach Allen contract was nice. I mean, he set career highs in snap percentage, sacks at five and a half, passes defended, assisted tackles, tackle for losses at 10, as well as QB hurries at 20. It's nice to see a guy like that get paid. I guess, let me ask you, what What do you think of the Jacoby Meyer signing?
1: I'm. It's one foot in, one foot out. It's like the Raiders, again, I don't know. I want to be in the room with Dave Ziegler. I want to know what the vision is. Is this a team that wants to lose this year? Do they actually believe that bringing Jimmy Garoppolo in is an upgrade at quarterback? That's the biggest question to me. Because if they think it's an upgrade, they're trying to win now. If they think that it is the same or worse, they're committing to rebuilding at the very least a retool. And I would love that. What I'm scared with this move, And when I'm scared of the backstory of the Darren Waller trade, that this is a team that actually thinks that they can compete in the AFC West. And that is such a fever dream, pipe dream, just asinine thought. And I'm praying that that's not the case. With that being said, Jacoby Myers, he's a good player. I'll at least enjoy watching him on what should be a shitty team.
0: These are some nice contracts that the wide receivers are getting compared to like when Christian Kirk was leading the forefront in what we had last year. But, hey, I will give you this, Jacoby Myers, coming off the career high of reception touchdowns as well as passing touchdowns. In that offense, too,
1: Matt Patricia couldn't even tank Jacoby Myers. So that that's nice.
0: Vikings, you need to do a lot more to bolster that. Uh, defense. I like the addition of Byron Murphy. I thought he was coming on pretty strong here um, for Arizona. He was, he's a nice role player guy. He's not somebody I'd leave on the island at the cornerback position, but he's somebody that you can you know trust in the slot, make one of those freak plays. We got to see him up close up close and personal during the mid season hard knocks this past year. Outside of that, I don't really know if I'd be that familiar with him, but I do like the addition as an outsider looking in on a division rival.
1: The Vikings are just the NFC version of the Raiders. They won 13 games last prettier. year. Prettier. It's the purple. Wait, what were
0: you? What were you saying? I said they're prettier. It's the purple.
1: Oh yeah, I guess yeah. And we're just like the ugly, mean stepsister that Cinderella basically said deuces to. But the Vikings—they won all those games last year, one-score games. But don't get it twisted. They were an average team that has a slightly above-average quarterback. And they're kind of like what the Raiders have been for years. You're stuck in purgatory if you don't make a big move or commit to retooling. So I, I'm interested with this. At least they get younger. So I do like that for them.
0: Now, we were worried about the Eagles. So I think that this at least solidifies maybe that the Bengals are in the worst position. I like them bringing back James Bradbury. Now, they did release Darius Slay here a little bit earlier. They also have C.J. Gardner-Johnson that's still floating around out there from their secondary. But bringing bringing, bringing Bradbury, my goodness, that's hard. Bringing him back, seemingly a cheap deal. I like them because that is, I would want him over Darius Slay. I don't know what it is. People got really, really crazy about Darius Slay this year when he just so happened to be on a loaded defense where he didn't need to be the best guy on the team. He really wasn't that good. You check his first couple years. This dude was getting burnt in Philadelphia. I mean, what cornerback wasn't up until about three years ago? Because they have been piss poor. I do like the Rashad Penny. I think that's a clear indication that Miles Sanders is out the door. They have not only a young running back room, but they have a cheap running back room. They also did bring back Boston Scott. I want to say in a one-year, two-and-a-half, mil deal, something like that. They did, and I know a lot of – Philadelphia fans are actually really fired
1: up about it. He's kind of a folk hero there in Philly. And Rashad Penny is a guy that has been an analytics darling for years, where if he can stay healthy, he can stay on the field. There are a lot of people. Benjamin Solak is one of – he's kind of like the face of Eagle fans to me. He's already saying that he'll lead the league in rushing if he stays healthy. And anybody should probably in a Philadelphia running – offense with that offensive line, I just need to see him stay healthy. It hasn't happened. The secondary though, you heard me the other day. I don't think this defense is going to have nearly to fall off. If people are believing that they will and getting possibly CJ Garner Johnson back with Bradbury would be unbelievable. It probably won't happen, but even getting Bradbury back with this front seven Steven, I still think that this is without a doubt the NFC East favorite. And I don't even think it's a far-fetched thing to say the NFC favorite in general.
0: I don't know, man. I kind of like what Dallas has been doing. We'll see what else. We'll see what other moves, but I mean, they've lost a lot. Now they Philadelphia, that is. Now they've kept a solid core core players in there. You got your offensive linemen that are still there. Offensively, I think you're okay. I think I'm in between. I don't think that there's going to be that steep of a drop-off, but I'm not that confident that there won't be that steep of a drop-off like you are. So I'm like somewhere in the middle. I think that there's going to be some liabilities on that defense here once the season starts, and they're not going to be as dominant, but that that's also going to hurt them. They're going to compare it to the defense last year, and they're not going to be the same defense because you are missing players naturally. I'm pulling up now
1: just for the sake of my own brain, NFL division futures. Because I'm interested to hear at this moment with everything going on in free agency. This magic moment. Oh, what a song. Banger. I just want to believe that we're still going to be looking at like a Philly minus 150 is kind of what I'd be thinking.
0: Yeah. I would say, yeah, like like 135, 140-ish.
1: Well, and go figure. I'll find it later when uh, I'm not doing it on the fly. So let's jump into... Actually, just kidding. We're going to stay right here because Wally found it. And that's interesting. All right, I was a little off. Want to take a shot in the dark here at what the uh, numbers are in the NFC East. Well, we were... You're right. Oh, I guess we were both right on the order. But it is actually not as... Uh, I guess unlikely as you would think. Philadelphia is plus 100 and they're the favorite. Okay. Dallas is plus 180 and then is where you're going to see the big fall off. The Giants are plus 650, which realistically, I mean that's decent. Washington's got
0: to be plus like 950.
1: 900, nice job. So, we we at least have the order right. It's just a matter of how much you love that number.
0: Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I don't really care about talking about Michael Thomas and his late in his incentive late in contract because that dude screwed, he can't stay on the field. If he stay, if he stays on the field though, he looked good in the first few weeks last if, year. If.
1: You're right, but if 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 it happens, the Saints are winning that division.
0: I don't know, maybe Atlanta's going to come up and do something. Or Baker Mayfield. Or Baker Mayfield. Buccaneers, even though they're kind of cleaning house here a little bit. David Montgomery signs with a division foe when he leaves Chicago. Doesn't want to get paid. Goes to the Detroit lions. I like Wally I said, this is clearly the goodbye to Jamal Williams, a man who just set the Barry Sanders touchdown record for that organization, Tough which business. is business. But you know what? They don't want to pay him. Not only do you get David Montgomery for $18 million over three years, that's $6 million average. I'm sure there's incentives. But you also have DeAndre Swift on a rookie contract, which for some reason they hate that kid. And I don't know why because he has a problem. So don't know what, the, what this running back room is going to look like. I really like David Montgomery, though. You get an instant upgrade at the offensive line, which instantly should upgrade. Your running style, your yards per carry, hopefully your touches as well. But we'll see how DeAndre Swift is. Maybe they're going to end up dealing him. Maybe I can see DeAndre Swift being that draft trade that you get a maybe like a day two draft trade. It's like, hey, let me uh, let me get that six round pick, and here's uh, DeAndre Swift. There's a chance that they just
1: roll with both, kind of like how Miami tried doing with that super backfield a few years ago, where they had yep. four veterans. Yep. I, I think for me, this is more interesting from the bear side because they're obviously going to draft a running back. Jeez. Do you think they'd be stupid enough with all their needs to drop Bijan at nine?
0: No, I don't think they're going to do that. They have to be confident in Khalil Herbert because that dude quietly, I, th- I think, led the league in like yards per carry. I know he was a stud on Did fantasy. Did he really? Some, it's, it, yeah. But he had such did, a small Just save your chest and I'll buy it.
1: Like, yeah. Oh my God. It's nuts.
0: Yeah. You didn't hear that? You don't read books. Um, <laughs> so I like what they have there. Again, they have so many other things that they can address. But if the Bears are in the position, they don't end up wanting to move back at all. And it's, it, there's not a positional need at that spot. It's, it's more or less just the best player possible. If that ends up being Bijan, it's Bijan.
1: I hope to God that they're not going to take a running back in the first round with all the stuff they need. They also do have two second-year players now, no longer rookies, and Tristan Ebner and Travis Homer. Maybe that they're, they're really just high on these young backs, like to your point. They drafted Khalil Herbert and Tristan Ebner back-to-back years in the sixth round. It's kind of a new-age thinking. It's the Kyle Shanahan way of thinking.
0: I mean, hell, David Montgomery was, what, a fifth- or sixth-round pick a couple of years ago, too?
1: It's the way to draft running backs now. It is. It, look, look at Saquon. He was God's gift to the earth coming out of college. Everybody wanted Saquon, second pick in the draft. And we talk about guys like Michael Thomas not staying healthy. I think we almost lose it in the shuffle with Saquon because he's such a physical freak that we like will ourselves
0: to his, forget his highlights overpower. Yes. him not playing.
1: Yeah, and like, Bijan might be that same guy. Do you want to draft and surround Justin Fields in this offense with a guy? and he'll he'll be a game wrecker but is he going to be worth it in the long run versus like a a left tackle (laughs) you know
0: like yeah no i agree i think they need to look at lineman if it's not the best best spot possible look at defense because they chicago has made some good moves on the defensive end of the ball but it's not enough to move the needle i I don't think to be on the upper echelon like Still, as of right now, you can have the second best defense in the in the north. That means literally nothing because that's how bad Detroit and Minnesota have been. Hell, that's how bad Green Bay's been as well. So it's not really an accomplishment if you get that far.
1: You're you're right. But what are we saying at this stage of the offseason is a reasonable goal win loss total for the Bears next year? Reasonable
0: uh 7 i think
1: yeah like see and that's the thing is that if you win 7 games next year i don't think that that takes any of the heat off of Justin Fields so you almost are in this weird I think it, I think
0: it does but okay 7 wins or 7 wins with a 1 in 6 record in one possession games
1: well i mean if that's but, the case you feel a little better
0: that's what I'm saying. It's all about perspective. Yeah, seven wins versus seven wins. But here's, you know, here's a couple games where Eddie Jackson dropped his pick and he could have gotten it or a pick six or stupid penalty here. They have a bunch of it, trust me. Coming from you, Adam Alfonso, that's all you do is complain. That's all you have to grasp onto. So take this as your as your win. We'll see how they look.
1: I mean, the linebackers like for the last hundred and fifty years, the Bears are gonna have two studs in the middle. It's a question, I think, of the front four for them. So that's another position. It's a pretty heavy edge rusher class. And I don't know if you saw Jalen Carter, the stuff right before we started recording today. I mean, God, you just almost feel bad for the kid. But at the same point, if he's there at nine for Buffalo or uh, Chicago, do you take a shot?
0: Why the hell not?
1: Yeah, I, I would want to. It's just you're at that weird stage of rebuild where you'd rather just have a sure thing than a potential lottery ticket for a great player, but I don't know. Steve, why don't you read us the last few things here on uh, the free agent tracker, and we'll get out of
0: here. So the Browns may have missed out on Draymont, but got their interior defensive lineman here, bolstered by bringing in Dalvin Tommen, signed a four-year deal worth $57 million. Backup quarterback situation, Sam Darnold, Signing with San Francisco, Jameis Winston is staying put in the Big Easy for a one-year $8 million deal. Taylor Heineke finds himself a new home. Backup, potentially starter, depending on how Desmond Ritter is in the Atlanta Falcons-Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Is that even correct? Sure thing. Sure, I'll I'll take it. Andy Dalton, inks a two-year $11 million deal in Carolina to back up Whoever they get to pick at number one, which I like I like that a lot. There's a lot of Andy Dalton slack that we have on here. I like Carolina a lot. I don't know if that's my buddy Dylan kind of toying with my brain a little bit, but he sold it. He sold it the other day when I talked to him. Dylan, good job. Bengals lose another key piece to Carolina. Hayden Hurst is going to help the future number one quarterback, the safety valve for all the rookie quarterbacks. His third team in third year, in three years. But that's a nice addition. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Steelers find their Devin Bush replacement and former commander Cole Holcomb. The Falcons re-signed Caleb McGarry for a measly 34.5 mil over five years. I like that. I like that a lot. A couple teams that, that were cut. Zeke Elliott. Cowboys are expected to move on from Zeke Elliott. Now they're probably going to wait this out to the June 1st designation where it's going to be a little bit more beneficial for them. Matt Ryan kicked to the curb by the Colts. <laughs> they do not care when they will eat every single bullet from the Matt Ryan sandwich. And then Baker finds a new home, signing a one-year, eight point five million dollar deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Bay.
1: We have to start with Baker. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay or Baker Bay. Oh, I kind of like Baker. I like Bay. Baker Bay. I, I think like Baker Bay, Bay plays. I, I think get, Baker
0: Bay. Should we get shirts made? God, I wish we can just pump them out like Barstool. It's insane how they do that.
1: Uh, it's it is, and they probably sell three for half of the ones that they pull out. They're like hyper specific jokes that you'd have to like listen to a specific podcast to even understand.
0: You know what I would do it? You'd make it like the the Pirate Bay, comer- or uh, logo what was that rum, whatever it is, the Pirate Bay. and You put Baker's face oh, on Pirate it. i just skip Bay. on.
1: I was literally thinking of uh the damn Captain Morgan. I'm like, I, I'm
0: not following you, but Yeah, no, I would've said I would have said uh Captain Morgan. Do you say Dan?
1: My friend brought up a comparison to Baker yesterday. Oh boy. And I can't get it out of my head because I think it might just be perfect. He feels kind of like on a Ryan Fitzpatrick trajectory where he's going to be a guy that can float throughout his career because he can give you that L.A. Rams comeback against the Raiders. He can give you that Steelers-Browns performance a few years ago. He can give you that spark from time to time. But for the, for most of the time, he's a guy that's going to make you 7-10, 8-9. And, and that's who Baker Mayfield can be with a good team around him. Now, Tampa Bay is not going to have that great of a team around him. No. But I'm at least happy he's going to get at least another shot because it's not Kyle Trask.
0: No. And while we're talking about Tampa Bay, they're bringing back Levante David. I know they came in super late to re-sign uh, their secondary member, uh, Jamil Dean, as well. But we'll see. They, I mean, they, Leonard Fournette's expected to be released. They still got Chris Cobb, and they still got Mike Evans. That Can you explain the Levante David solid. move to me, by the way? It's got to be a cap casualty, right? I mean, he's in his 30s. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, I know, right? And (laughs) I think, if anything, you should have let him walk. You should bring someone else in. But with the veteran leadership with those linebackers, I like bringing Levante David back. It seems seems like it's just like, hey, let's make this our kind of parade year or last year here in Tampa. We'll have a good time. We'll send you on your merry way. Again, and David, I know David makes the argument, which is a good argument. It's just another coordinator that this kid has to deal with for an, just one year right now. We'll see if he's going to end up extending this or getting a bigger contract, but it's a wide-open division. We have some interesting teams within that division, probably the biggest question mark division in at the NFL right now because there's there's moves that are moving the needle of what team you want to pick but then there's so much more that can go into it. Like you want to pick the saints right now, but if Carolina ends up getting the right guy and they start meshing a little bit, well, they will be a little bit more competitive than we think. Is Atlanta going to be done? Are they going to do something? Does Taylor Heineke get a spark for them? All of a sudden here early in the season, when he, when he, if he has to take over, how about the bake? NFC
1: South odds, Steven, what would you guess they are?
0: God, those all had to be plus money, right? They
1: all are plus money and they're all within three. I guess they're all
0: plus money because math, it's this early.
1: All it's got to be
0: Saints, like, plus 130.
1: Wow. Well, plus
0: 140. Plus 140. So then that means, oh, my God.
1: I know. like I was struggling who I would put second and third.
0: Saints first. I guess Tampa, at like, plus 210.
1: No, actually. It's Carolina at plus 250, then Tampa at plus, at plus
0: 260. 400. Wow. I'd prefer on Carolina. I like that, actually, right now. Yeah, that's I mean, Carolina. Carolina plus
1: 250 kind of feels like a steal the way they were able to play in the last two months of the year.
0: I just don't know how much I trust in Frank Reich, but yeah. Overall, that's Tampa with Baker. I like that. I would like to see him on a bigger deal, but at the same time, if Tampa has a bad year, what are the chances that they actually bring back Todd Bowles? It's like you you weren't able to get it done here. You know, yeah, we made the playoffs. We limped it in the playoffs with Tom Brady. Now without him, you're not even sniffing in this division too, let alone.
1: No, I, I. earlier today, I was sitting in my car driving around and it hit me when the Baker News came out. Todd Bowles, I have defended for years because I didn't think he got a fair shake in New York. But in Tampa too, he wasn't good. There were a lot of things you can point to where he was hyper conservative, very old school defensive minded coach. You can't really have that nowadays, and quarterbacks don't want to play for guys like that. So I do think that it's time to at least entertain the idea of moving on next offseason if they don't win the division. Staying in the division, we were just talking about Carolina, but that Hayden Hurst move—I think I it's it a lot. It's intriguing, and it, Joe—it's a good
0: timely move as well. We were just talking about how we knew no one in the Carolina tight end room.
1: Yes. I mean, it's a desolate wasteland after him. Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble.
0: That's gross. And I like Hayden Hurst. Like, he's not going to put out. (laughs) It's so funny. There's, like, this dead area in the tight end. It's like you're either Travis Kelsey or you're just, like, a really shitty tight end. Tight ends aren't supposed to be Travis Kelsey. They're not supposed to perform like George Kittle. Mark Andrews makes sense. That's all he's got. Lamar can't throw further than that. That totally makes sense. But the consistency that they're doing it's crazy. But Hayden Hurst, I like him a lot. He has bounced around the league quite often. Actually, speaking of Hayden Hurst, wasn't Mark Andrews the replacement of Hayden Hurst that brought him to Atlanta? Then he signed with Cincinnati. Now he's back in Carolina. He loves those cats.
1: And he was a first round pick. So a lot of people going into last year were starting to label him that bust. I
0: wouldn't he, say
1: he's a bust. No, well, and it's just, it's hard to judge tight ends because. When's the last first round tight end? I think we did this last week. That's really hit, and it's not. It's been a long time. I I think I'm ha- I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm very happy for Hayden Hurst. And you know what this really is showing me is that Joe Burrow is turning into tight end Robin Hood. He's getting guys paid year after year. CJ, CJ Uzama, Uzama didn't
0: do a damn thing.
1: Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing because if I'm the Bengals. You've seen them lose quite a few people now over the last few days. Yeah. Tight end is going to be something that you can draft and feel comfortable with. But I want to be surprised at all in this last year before Joe Burrow's money is going to kick in. Why not go out and spend money on Dalton Schultz or on Mike Gusecki and really watch
0: Dude, Mike a
1: Darren Waller-like yeah. explosion with yeah. Joe Burrow and the Bengals?
0: I like that. No, that's a that's a really good call. That's a really good call. I like that a lot. Um, is there anything crazy with the backup moves? What do you think about Sam Donald going to San Francisco? I think it's a I think it's a awesome fit. This is a guy that needs to go to a proven franchise, but a, a systematic franchise offensively. I think that he can actually perform there. But that's more or less of the Kyle Shanahan system, not of his abilities or his talents. I've never been less excited. I said it the other
1: day, Sam Darnold is a soldier. He's the third quarterback on this roster. I I'm not entertaining the idea that he's going to be good enough to threaten a starting job. So that one didn't excite P- me. It's
0: a PTSD move.
1: Yeah, it really was because they didn't want to see Josh Johnson again. They'd rather see Sam Darnold in that NFC title game. Pretty racist.
0: Um, Jameis Winston staying in <laughs> new Orleans. I thought that was, that was a shocker move, but. Made no sense. Do you think – I was thinking about this the other day. After the Geno Smith explosion, do you think Jameis Winston looks at that and says, that can be me? I don't think my market's there now, especially with Derek Carr here, but not only am I going to learn from Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, I get to learn from Derek Carr who – I want to look at stats because I have a fun QB comparison that I want to do in my head. I just don't know if it's going to go. I want to put Derek in the hall of fame, but the dude is a more than a serviceable quarterback in the NFL starting quarterback in the NFL. And he is, he's a better than Jameis. But Jameis is learning from these guys. It's so early to tell. Maybe we need to clip this and thumbnail it and throw it in the back pocket for, you know, another five or six years. But do you think Jameis is looking at that saying I could end up like Geno Smith get my chance again late and perform. Cause that's what that contract screams at me. I guess, I guess
1: it made no sense because this is the same head coach that last year played Andy Dalton and would have played Taysom Hill in front of him. Why would he stay? Especially when you see a guy and I know he'd be going back home, but you see a guy like Baker get a job in Tampa Jameis is on that level, and they're very similar quarterbacks where you're going to get a boomer bust out of them. I don't know why he'd stay where I would have felt disrespected if I was Jameis Winston last year.
0: For sure. Maybe there's something else going into it, but, man, Baker's making half a mil extra to go play. I'm sitting on the bench for eight mil.
1: Well, of these backup quarterbacks, which was the one that excited you most? Because without a doubt for me, it's Taylor Heineke.
0: Me. Yeah. Taylor Heineke for sure. I I can't get excited about Andy Dalton. I think that he's, he's a really good, I can't, it's hard to call him a really good backup quarterback. Cause we've just listed off. I, I think I'd put Taylor Heineke in front of him. Technically not a backup quarterback in my eyes. I think he's a low end starter for a team that for a team that Washington is better defensively. Usually. That is the type of team that I see him on. So Atlanta obviously isn't known for their defense, but I like them because it's an automatic. You're learning from a pros pro, but you're learning from a, you're learning from a likable guy. It's like if Alex Moran from BMS had a work ethic, it'd be Taylor Heineke.
1: I already, I wish that there was a way
0: to bet this, but we all
1: know how next year is going to go. And Desmond Ritter is going to play for the first nine or ten games of the year. If he's, that. And he, well, they're going to be like three and seven, two and eight. And Taylor Heineke is going to come in and start the rest of the year. They'll go like four and three down the stretch. And he'll stick around after they draft Drake May or Caleb Williams next year. It's just that's Taylor Heineke. And it's what he's going to do
0: for the rest of his career. Well, we're, t- we're talking about how bad the NFC South's going to be. They could be that 3 and 7 mark and they throw Taylor Heineke in there to have a late season push for the division. I mean, how they just did it this year and this division is getting worse, arguably. Eh, it's only worse because Tom Brady left, but this division is getting better than it was two weeks ago. I'll give it that.
1: I need to look up to know the specifics, but it's something like 45 years. It, the last time that a division had four starting quarterbacks new from the year before in the NFC South is going to be that new division for the first time. And like I said, almost half a general or center, half a century,
0: we got century I I see were... <laughs> Like Century. No, and they're one of the, and they're, them in the, uh, they don't get as much hype, uh, but them in the NFC East are one of those divisions that they don't consistently have the same winner each year.
1: And we just mentioned too, or you did, that they just re-signed Caleb McGarry to one of the best deals in this cycle so far. He graded so well. He's an analytics darling. Maybe not felt the same way by people that watch the film, but he's a guy that is more than deserving of a deal like this. The Falcons at this point are having a pretty solid offseason. And who knows? Maybe... Another year in the system, you get like a an emergence from Kyle Pitts. Who
0: else? Are they, who else are they just signed that had some relation from the Tennessee Titans? And I can't remember. So the first thing I thought about is he's going to be a really good addition under Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith gets his guy back, and I cannot remember who it is to save my John New Smith. John New Smith from the Patriots. Good call. Yeah. So with that being said, Taylor Decker, watch for Atlanta. <laughs> There's. So, they have constantly had problems at the offensive line oh, position. You can put him at maybe a guard or put him at the right tackle. You can get him for cheap. It's a low risk. It's a low risk, high reward type deal that I think you can get for Taylor. LeBron.
1: Well, I was just gonna ask. You know how they feel about Matt Hennessy? Because that'd be realistically the only position that they'd likely move on from.
0: If they can make it work, they can make it work.
1: I guess that's true. Now, one other move I think that I had to talk about, and then I'll be good, is Devin Bush's replacement in Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb is a guy that was put in a time machine. If you We talk about Zach Thomas. He's like a clone of that where he, 20 years ago, would have been making bank. I guess he's making more now because of inflation and the cap going up. But he would have been one of the high-end linebackers in the league. He's an old-school, run-stuffing, mean son of a bitch. And now he's not necessarily great in coverage. But if you get good safety help, he can be a perfect key piece to a Steelers defense that really fell off a cliff when T.J. Watt wasn't on the field last year.
0: And I don't think that that would change with this edition as well as um, with the Pat Peterson edition. I think that it's still likely. Is it me or is it crazy that they need to go get another edge rusher? Imagine what it would be like. The production will get for him, but that's going to open up TJ Watt a little bit more. There's going to be one to two to three to maybe four plays extra per game that give JJ TJ Watt, excuse me, that opportunity. Maybe it should be JJ Watt. I don't know. They need to get someone on the other side of that line on that defensive defensive line. But I like this Steelers defense a lot. Pat Peterson wasn't an an amazing addition, especially like you said. I know that they had lost um, their corner. There's so many damn names floating around. Uh, But they had already lost Cameron Sutton here a little bit earlier that's not a great replacement but i do like the addition of pat peterson again it's so early to tell and i'm just gonna say it this free agency period sucks to start now with the now with the tamp the tampering period spun now that they opened up the tampering period a few years ago this is fun but this has got to be the slowest free agency wednesday to kick off here that we've seen
1: it's been hard to watch it's been really hard to watch.
0: It's not. Especially last year. I mean, oh my God, we were still, we we're still trying to add things into the rundown this time last year.
1: I, it's going to get worse because I think you're going to see more of these veterans hold out, not necessarily like hold out and like, I'm not playing football until I get paid, but I'm going to see.
0: The right person to get paid.
1: Well, not only that, we saw Tyron Matthew last year wait until after the draft because he wanted to go to a team that still had a need and was not drafting for a replacement. You're going to see more veterans say, you know what? I'm tired of going somewhere and signing a three-year deal with funny money where they can cut me after one year and I'm out of a job again. And I might be making pennies on the dollar next year. I'm going to sit out until May. And then all of a sudden, Wow, you know what? That team didn't draft a, an edge rusher like they they wanted to. Or they didn't, they're not in love with this guy or hell, you get an injury in camp. I'm going to sign now. Calais Campbell, like what's his incentive to hurry up and sign a deal? The guy's in his late 30s. I
0: mean, they're paying the defensive tackles right now hard. They, they are. are. I think that's a bad example, but totally agree. Dude's in his late 30s. He's a huge human. He's been through a lot. This is the tail end of his career. But, yeah, when you're talking about those 29 to, like, 32-year-olds are like, dude, fuck this. I still got, like, three, four, five, six years in the tank. Why are you going to keep putting me in this position? Totally agree. And you know what? Great point as well. I didn't even realize that that's what was Honey Badger's move last year. But now that you pointed out, it's a great move. Why not? What are you going to back me up with Marcus May? you going to let that guy take my job? He's got DUIs out the wazoo. <laughs> Jesus. GMs have no incentive to
1: lie or to tell the truth, I guess, to like a veteran that are signing. If they ask, well, is this my job next year? The GM's going to say, yeah, because there's not a reason not to. And when you draft a guy on day two, like a third-round pick, that veteran all of a sudden is like, wait a minute, this, that's kind of early. I feel like you're drafting him for something other than you told me about, and there's no protection. So you might as well take another card. You're basically adding a little leverage to your position if you're willing to bet on
0: yourself. With that, that's going to bring us to end of another episode of Loss of Down. Shout out to our sponsors, Tabby's, as well as Abby Turner Creative. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, facebook instagram and youtube loss of down twitter down underscore loss he's wally i'm steve wally do you have any parting words for the fans tonight
1: happy saint patrick's day everybody enjoyed the tournament this week and weekend and then again hold on hold on you say tournament 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 are we doing this again how do you say
0: do you say movie theater
1: no it's a tournament because that's what it's what I've been made fun of my entire life. Tournament. That is one of the only words that Yinzer Wally can't get out of its head. It's a tournament for me. What are the other words? Well, no, see. I got out of them, but like people add in that, like N at for no reason at the end of words, for instance. In oh, in that, you know, you've heard it then. Yeah. People do that in that.
0: In you that. know, we're just going home, do this and that.
1: Kind of. They, they yeah, it's just in that. It, Pittsburghese. there's a whole it's, bunch of oh,
0: eat you know, eat some pizza in that.
1: Pretty much, see, you got it. So there's a few, I don't but yeah, Tournament's stuck in my brain. I can't get it out of my head.
0: It's upsetting. Said, "Oh, I am Syracuse in there. They're not even the NIT. Charleston, baby, that is the team to go to."
1: I'm I'm sticking with the FAU Owls. Go Owls out
0: there! Ooh ooh ooh!
1: It's kind of Someone more of a dog. Sound
0: like. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like, oh, what is that song? Is that a ludicrous song?
1: Sure, it was, oh, like a,
0: oh. it was like
1: a bad coyote.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like a coyote with Down syndrome.
1: Slippy, Crick versus a Creek. Crick versus a Creek. What about Roof? Roof. I don't say roof, like those weird people.
0: I grew up with uh, one of my friends. She used to say water.
1: Oh, that's a big thing. That's more Philly, though. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a gross one. I'm trying to think of other go. Obviously, Yins. Everybody knows that one.
0: What's what's Philly's version of Yins? Uh, use. I thought that was New York.
1: It's Philly, but the tri-state area is all basically the same
0: gutter trash human beings. Oh, that's true. It's like Jersey, Jersey, New York, Philly are all the, right. the repulsive people.
1: And then you have those poor people in Delaware that just have to suck it all up from all of them
0: they're just like Midwestern, midwestern nice people they're like people from um, Wisconsin living in Delaware they're just like oh we're just trying to enjoy uh, Jesus Christ in this beach
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's all I got happy St. Patrick's Day everybody and we will see you soon